can't pick a winner. And we have a winner this morning, and it was not me who did the drawing, just to make it clear. I was not the one who did the drawing, but uh, they, they won a prize. Vivian Stutzman, when she filled it out. You want to come up and give me a five? Hey, now, afterwards, you need to go see Pastor Don and get Reese cups, okay? And then you bring them to me, all right? Okay? All right. You silly girl. She is excited. Who's ready to worship the Lord this morning? Come on. Come on. Hey, as always, the altar is open. Uh, you guys are welcome to come up. Uh, we do try and keep it limited as far as for praying over people, just keeping that close contact down as we want to continue to have church services um, in the building. We don't want to see an outbreak take place, and we want to do our part uh, to serve the community around us. So let's just, I tell you, if you weren't here last night, you missed an incredible time. If you weren't here, last night was just powerful, and we're ready. We didn't, we didn't come last night just for that to, to, to stop and to, to end there. The same God that we came to worship last night is the same God who, will be, who, who came with you this morning. He's also here this morning waiting, and we are excited to see what he's going to do, what he, uh, what he has planned. And so let's, uh, let's raise our hands. Let's just raise our hands and take a moment. I'll tell you one thing with these guys, they are in no hurry. When it comes to spending time in the spirit, they are in no hurry. And we don't want to come in a hurry to just move on and, and get on with the rest of the day. We want to come ready to just spend time resting in the spirit. So God, we ask and Lord, we pray just let your spirit just fill this place. Father God, as we came, not just hoping this morning, we came with expectation this morning. Father God, we came with expectation this morning that you, God, will pour out a new wine this morning. And God, we lift up those who are in places who cannot meet this morning those who are still uh, forced to be secluded from each other, God, uh, we, we lift them up in prayer. And God, we come uh, ready to battle and to, to be the warriors leading the charge forward that we can do our part, uh, Lord, here from this place. We can continue to reach out across the world through our, through our live stream. And right here, we want to lift each other up and we want to pray for those. And God, we come knowing that if we come with expectation that we will not leave the same as what we came. So Lord, for those who are sick, God, we ask that you continue, that you begin to lay on their hearts to, to come forward and, and to receive healing. For those, uh, 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 those who are in here who are broken, God, that, that you would lay it on their hearts to receive prayer. God, I pray that you'd begin to pour out prophetic words. And you'd begin to give words of knowledge and words of wisdom. God, I pray that your gifts would pour out upon this place in a way we haven't experienced before. Because God, we come with an expectation that the God who loves, uh, who loves us and the God we serve is a God who comes with great things and the God of the Bible who who came and healed the sick and raised the dead is the same God we serve today so God we lift our hands I pray I ask you lift your hands this morning and I pray that you begin to receive his goodness and let's lift up a shout to him as we begin to play let's lift up a shout to our God father we love you we praise you and we come to worship you this morning 
Before we start, we are gonna, we're going to rejoice in just a moment. We're going to dance and sing and clap and all that great stuff. But I want to just continue this moment that Matt kind of set up right here. I, I feel the Spirit of God moving already today. <sighs> and I just want to invite him more. Just for 30 seconds more, I want to sit here. I want you guys to keep your hands raised as a sign of surrender, as an invitation. Well, like he said, we're, we're not here to entertain you. We're not here to sing songs. We're here for the presence of God to fall in this place. It's why we meet. There's a lot of cool things that happen that we can easily get distracted by. But the main reason we're here is for the presence of God to fall. Over anxiety, over fear, over disease. All that goes in the presence of the Father this morning. And so for 30 seconds, lift your hands. And if you're... If you're if you're comfortable or uncomfortable, I don't care. I want you to just start singing your own song for 30 seconds. I don't care if you can't sing. Apologize to the person next to you if you can't sing. But even if it's just the name Jesus, I want you for 30 seconds to just sing. Jesus, Jesus. Just, can, just lift your voice. Come on, for 30 seconds. We welcome your presence, God. Come and move. Come and speak, Lord. Come and breathe over us today, Jesus. Oh, I welcome you, God. Come on, with your praises, welcome his presence with your praise this morning. Lift it up, lift it up. We welcome you, Jesus. Come and speak now, God. I believe that you want to move, Lord. I believe that you want to speak right now to us, God. Oh, here's my invitation. Come speak. I open up my hands right now and I say, Come speak now, God. Come breathe over us right now. Come speak. Come breathe on us, Lord. Come speak right now, Lord. Come breathe over us now. Come speak. Oh, come breathe. Come on, prophesy that. Lord, come speak. Oh, come breathe over us. Lord, come speak. Oh, come breathe. Come on, sing that out. Come and speak. Come speak, Lord. Come breathe over us, Lord. Come speak, Lord. Come breathe over us. Oh, come speak, Lord. Come breathe over us right now. Come speak, Lord. Oh, come breathe breath of God.
you right now, God, to speak. Word of God, come. Like a mighty rushing wind, straight from the heart of the Father, we ask for your presence to fall. Would we experience you right now in this moment, today, this morning, would we experience you in a deep way, God? We're asking that you would come and move. Yes. Amen. Amen. Let's worship.
I was a 
say yes, we walk through the open door of your presence. and 26 it says as he says also in Hosea 
I will call them my people who were not my people, and her beloved who was not beloved. And it shall come to pass in the place where it was said to them, you are not my people. There they shall be called sons of the living God. And that is a royal decree. That is a divine decree. You know, our feelings <laughs> don't determine what is true. And even what you've done, even what the past has been, even what the trajectory of life seems to be, you are his because of what Jesus did. Sons of the living God have an inheritance. You are beloved. So I just want you to receive that today. You are beloved. You have an identity. It's not what your feelings are. It's not what the enemy is saying. That decree was to silence the accuser. Okay, back there while I was worshiping, I just felt this sense of jubilee in the air. Okay, God is here, and if you need him, call on him. He is here. The Spirit of God is here, and he is moving. Reach out. Call on him now in the name of Jesus. Let's just respond to that right now. Yeah. Ask him. Release his presence. Release his joy in this place. His freedom, his victory today. Oh, come on. Release your joy. 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 Release your joy. Joy. Joy now. Release your joy, joy, joy now. Release your joy, joy, joy. Peace now. Release your peace, peace, peace now. Release your peace, peace, peace now. Release your peace. Yeah. 
for a little longer. If you're not feeling the joy of the Lord in this place, just keep asking. Keep seeking. Keep knocking for a little longer. Children's Hospital. I'll tell you, that's an amazing place. Everybody was so good to her. And she had surgery Wednesday morning. And God is so good. She was, it was a very long surgery, and she went through a lot of pain, but God has taken care of There's the tumor was benign. They've got it all. And God is so good. Thank you, Jesus. Come on, church. It's okay to celebrate the healer. I said it's okay to celebrate the miracle worker. It's okay to celebrate the one who is above all. The one whose name is above all names. The one whose knee, every knee shall bow and every tongue shall confess. Even brain cancer and must confess that Jesus is Lord. It's okay to celebrate him in this house today. It's okay to lift up a praise and celebrate the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. Thank you, Jesus. 
morning, I just want to lift up the Lawrences and Sydney as they're in Guatemala. Times are tough there, and most of you don't know what it's like to live in the third world country. When you don't understand the governments, well, we're learning here too, but but we're uh, it, it, it's a tough, tough time. And so um, not being able to be engaged in ministry the way you want to and being uh, decisions to be made in front of you every day. And so let's just lift them up as a church this morning as we su and support them. Father God, I come to you this morning and I just raise up and I want to lift up the Kevin and Angela and Sydney, Lord, who are in Guatemala and, and, the, and Kevin and Angela's family, Lord God. Lord God, they have taken the risk and went down there to Guatemala, Lord God, to serve you with everything that's in them. This morning, Lord, I ask that you surround them with your peace and your joy as we pray here, Lord God, and as we cry out, Lord, that that peace and joy would not only just be here in this presence, would be across the country, Lord God, and God's people this morning. Lord, lift them up. Give them everything that they need. Supply every need this morning. Lord, and strengthen them in Jesus' name. Amen.
presence down right now more and more God we've tasted and seen but we want more of your goodness now we want more of your presence now in my life Jesus will come pour your spirit out even more now God right now Jesus Send your presence down even more right now. Oh, I want a new awakening right now, Jesus. I want a fresh outpouring. A new anointing right now, God. Well, if you want more, just take a moment and say, God, pour your spirit out of my life. I want more of your presence. God, in this church, in firm foundation, we pray right now that your presence would be evident in every meeting, everywhere that 
these people go, these congregants go, every store that they enter into, your presence would go before them. God, that they would be known as a people that have tasted and seen the goodness of God. That as they leave this place, God, that people would feel the presence of God even walking past us, God. Would you pour your spirit in such a powerful way right now, God? We're asking that we would be marked by your presence right now. Mark us with your presence. Pour your spirit out even more right now. Send your presence down even more right now. Come and increase. Pour your spirit out even more now, God. Come and increase. Send your presence down even more right now, Lord. Oh, come and increase. Come and increase in my life, Lord. deep care and concern for us increase Jesus in the knowledge of your delight over us increase Jesus I've just been feeling this, um, that the Lord uh, kind of wants to break the chains of <laughs> some of us in this room. We've been, maybe we've been Christians for a short time or maybe a very long time. And there is just this, this sense where we feel like we mess up. We have to distance ourselves from the Lord or kind of punish ourselves for a little while before we go back into his presence or before we're fully comfortable saying, yes, I walk through that open door. And I just feel like the Lord wants to banish 
that spirit of religiosity this morning. And it's, um, it's just his delight. I mean, most of us might be parents. His delight is in us, whether we messed up a second ago or not. And so I just want to encourage us and pray for us this morning. Just encourage us that we can step into his delight whenever. It's accessible to us whenever. And so, God, right now we ask that you would remove anything hindering love and that we would stand on the blood of Jesus that cleanses us from all sin. We would stand on the knowledge of your delight in us. And I just ask for uh, if that mindset has been hindering anyone, that there would just be freedom right now in Jesus' name. Thank you that you tore the veil from top to bottom when you died on the cross. Your, the blood of your son gives us access to your presence, access to your delight. And God, we just acknowledge your, your deep care and concern for us. Jesus.
let this sink right in your heart and share with Tim and Lynette. I just had a thought as we were worshiping. And the thought came to my mind when Moses and Aaron stood in front of Pharaoh and Aaron spoke to Pharaoh and said, we're going to go three days and we're going to worship. What do you imagine that first worship service was like after 450 years of slavery? Do you think anybody was in a hurry? I said, hello, somebody. After 450 years, I can't imagine, I would, I could have been there. God was in, his presence was with them, and he had led them to a place to meet them and to work. And God has led us to this place this morning to meet and to worship, I mean, to be in his presence. And we should just receive it. We have to receive it. We have to put out every idea and thought process, and we just have to say, God, we have waited so long to be in your presence. And Lord, this morning, God, we just receive. Come on, lift up your hands. We just receive every bit of who you are today, Jesus. Thank you, Lord, for filling this place with your presence. Thank you for the freedom in worship. Thank you for the miracles, God. For in you, God, we have our being. In you, God, we have our, our, full, our movement, God. In, in you, Lord, is everything. And this morning, God, we declare that you are King Jesus. And holy, holy, holy are you, Lord. And we lift up our voice. And we say, God, we praise you in this place. Come on, give the Lord a hand clap of praise. <laughs> Hallelujah. 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 Amen. Come on. Come on, give the worship team, New Hope Music, a hand of praise for leading us into the presence of God. Come on, you can be seated if you can. We'll dismiss the kids for their children's church hour. Hey, this is our first service back together in one service, and uh, we anticipated that, um, you know, God would be moving in such a powerful way, and um, so we wanted to give time for that. We want to remind you that today is the day where we said we were going to take up the offering for the free will offering for Brazil. We've, we've made that possible in a couple of ways. There's, there's going to be offering baskets in the back uh, as you go out. Please put that offering for Brazil in those baskets. If you would like to also, if you're doing it online, there is a tab on the church app for Brazil. Amen. And you can give there. We'll make sure all that gets there. Also, uh, last night, New Hope uh, Music, they, um, they, they led us in our ministry night. It was a powerful thing. They've led us this morning in worship. And, and that's a powerful, powerful thing. Come on, let's give the Lord a hand for that, right? Now, last night we took up a free will offering for them too because this is, this is what they do. This morning, for those of you who weren't here last night but you'd like to sow into their ministry, uh, the media team has also put that on the app and, and you're able to give into there. We'll make sure that that gets to them also. So uh, just look at ways to be a blessing this morning inside of all of that. Amen. Hey, if you're a visitor with us this morning, we want to welcome you. Come on, let's welcome our visitors. Um, it's good to be back in the house of the Lord. We realize that a lot of people are still, uh, are, are still you know, taking advantage of our online services, and that's great. 
Uh, we want you to continue to do that. If you feel that that is a great place for you to continue to find ministry and you're still worried about social distancing and those things, it's great. Hey, if you're coming into the building during these one services together, uh, you know what? Use a lot of hand sanitizer and, you know, just honor one another and those type of things. The last thing we want to do is, is get into a place where we have to, you know, go backwards and go forward and, and those type of things. So uh, we've, we've put sanitizer everywhere and that kind of stuff. So um, anyway, I want to make sure that you're aware of all those things. Uh, such a great Sunday morning. Right, and uh, I, I just was, I asked Matt beforehand, I said, what, what do you think it's going to be like? You know, like, I don't know, I, we've been doing church for a little while, but, uh, you know, New Hope Music, uh, their uh, church, New Hope, in New York, they're still not allowed to have church services. So this weekend is actually the first time that they've been able to lead uh, worship with, with people versus just, uh, uh, you know, doing it through a camera. And, and I said, I don't know how many people are coming this weekend because of all of this. And, and Jeff looked at me and he said, I don't care if it's just us. I'm tired of singing to a camera. Amen. I love their heart and worship and, and just uh, what they bring in that. And they're never in a hurry. Uh, it's such a powerful thing. And I love their friendship and their partnership, uh, those things. So... Uh, if you see them today, bless them and tell them how much you appreciate their heart to just lead us in worship. Amen. I want you to get your Bibles and turn with me this morning. I'm going to talk to you about something God's put on my heart that I think is very important for this season that we're in. We've been talking a lot about revival and how we feel like that happens and what that looks like actually it, uh, and, and a tangible way of moving uh, in our heart. Revival always starts in a personal place before it starts corporately. And I want to I read something to you here and set this up in a way that you understand that I think God is speaking to us about what he wants to do and, and how he wants us to move with him. In, in Genesis chapter 12, familiar portion of scripture, I'm going to read verses 1 through 3 right here. It says, um, uh, Genesis chapter 12, verses 1 through 3, now the Lord said to Abram, Go from your country. Everybody say move. And the Lord said to Abram, move. That's PD translation. It'd be all right. The Lord said to Abram, go from your country and from your kindred and your father's house to a land that I'll show you. And I'll make you a great nation, and I'll bless you and make your name great so that all will be a blessing, so that you will be a blessing, and I will bless those who bless you, and him who dishonors you I will curse, and in you all the, everybody say all, all the families of the earth shall be blessed. Abram, I need to talk to you about your seed. I need to talk to you about the, the legacy Abram, I need you to move. Come on, someone. Abram, I need you to move. Now the Lord said to Abram, move. That, that's a word that says, I'm not happy with where you're at, Abraham. I got more for you. Father, would you bless the reading of the word to the hearing of our ears and the receiving of our heart in Jesus' name. And everyone said, 
Let me ask you this question right away as we get started this morning. I want you to grab a hold of something really quick here because I think this is important. Have you ever noticed that the things that you are most comfortable with, have you ever noticed that the things that you're most familiar with, have you, have you ever noticed that those particular things can often be the things that restrict you the most? Hey, you ever noticed that you got, you got, you got a, Maybe you got a favorite pair of pants. But life happened. They hadn't ceased being your favorite pair of pants. And, and now when you wear them, because life happened, they tend to restrict you a little bit more than they come on. Then they you then they come on. But you can't give up on them. Because you like them. Have you ever noticed that the things that you're most comfortable with can often be the things that restrict you the most? I brought my tent. Hello, somebody. I like this tent. You know why I like this tent? Because you just, it, it, it folds up into a little ball and you just open and throw it and poof. You, anybody in here ever tried to set up a tent about lose your salvation? <laughs> I can't do it. I want to stay saved. I like this tent. Just chunk it out there. Poof. Right? Like, it's comfy. It'll do the job. Right? Like, look at it. it you know, it, it'll shelter you. Right? Like, it, it's cool. If you, need, if you need to be a little cooler, you can let it. It's got screens on the top. It'll let the heat out. And, and if you need to be a little warmer, you can put that on, zip it up inside, and, and it'll be a little warmer inside of there, right? Like, it gets comfortable. At night, you'll stay dry, you know, uh, those times. It's, it's, I like this tent. It's comfortable. It's easy. It's easy. Plus, if my wife and I go camping together, I take this tent. That means she got to sleep close. <laughs> Come on, some of y'all got these king-sized beds. You wake up in the middle of the night and wonder why your, why your spouse is a thousand miles away on the other side of the bed, right? Like, no, it's close. My wife's like, you couldn't find a bigger tent? No, I got reason for salt. Come on, somebody. I'm married. It's comfortable. See, sometimes the things we're most familiar with can be the most restrictive. You see, the problem with a tent like this ain't no room to grow. It's comfortable, but there ain't no room to grow. There, there's no room to expand. There's no room inside of this uh, but what it'll hold. Uh, like, you know, but I'm comfortable with it. And sometimes I would rather live with the dysfunction of not being able to grow uh, because I like the comfortability. Man, if I, got, if I got a bigger tent and took my time to learn how to and read the instructions, man, I, wouldn't leave, I wouldn't lose my salvation when I try, and I have some room to grow. But see, I'm comfortable with dysfunction. I'm comfortable with, with restriction because I like it. It's familiar even though it's dysfunctional. 
It's familiar even though it doesn't work. It's familiar even though it restricts me. So I'll live with the dysfunction because I would prefer my comfort even if it's dysfunctional. Let me give you an illustration here as we get into the Bible because I want you to grab this. You know, in Acts, you know, the disciples, after God poured out His Spirit, and they begin to move in such a powerful way, right? Like, uh, uh, you know, they would, they would go out and minister, and they were, all, they were coming back to Jerusalem all the time. They kept returning to Jerusalem, even though every time they returned to Jerusalem, amen, they got persecuted. Okay, we're tired of this place. You're going to leave. These people are mean to us, so we go out. But now let's go back to Jerusalem, right? Because, you know, it, that's, we're comfortable with Jerusalem. We know that's where God poured out His Spirit at. It, it makes sense to us. So let's go back there. Persecution happens. Now I've got to go out again. And those type of things. And, and then they, they miss the comfortableness of Jerusalem because that's where God poured His Spirit out. We go back there, but it causes me pain, and it hurts me, right? And we keep going back, and we keep going back, and we keep going back. Why did God allow them to keep getting persecuted every time they went back to what was comfortable? Because God did not want to allow what he had used to bless them to become so familiar that it incarcerated them. He forced the disciples out of the familiar, out of the comfortable for a greater purpose. You see, our comforts as Christians give us a false sense of the world. I I, want to say something this morning at at the chance of, of shutting your ears off for the rest of the sermon. But, you know, I need you to hear me with good ears this morning. The, the Western world church has not been persecuted. Oh, Pastor Don, they told us we couldn't have church for three months. I don't know about you, but I still had church. And even if you want to complain about persecution... If you read the Bible, if you become a student of the Scripture, you'll understand that every time persecution came against the church, the church grew. You'll get that. Our comforts as Christians give us a false sense of the world. In your circle, in your circle, you're comfortable. Hello, somebody. In your circle, you're comfortable. In your circle, right, you, you, you know, uh, that's all the people who agree with you. That's all the people who support you. Let me, you may show you your circle. Let me show you your circle. Get out your cell phone. There they are. All those people like you. What if God wants to take us out of our comfort zones? What if if those familiar comforts have kept us from experiencing all that God has promised for us? Come on, church. Why, why, Why do we have the propensity to stay in comfort at the cost of better things? Y'all not helping me this morning, but see, I got y'all all in one room. And I'm okay. I can preach all by myself. 
Sometimes God allows the things we have come to trust for comfort to be the cause of struggle to force us out into greater things. I said sometimes God allows the things that we have used for comfort to cause us to struggle so he can push us out into greater things. They're not listening to me over here. It don't make you happy. And it ain't supposed to. God wants to make the familiar so uncomfortable that we move into the fantastic. Deuteronomy 32 talks about an eagle stirring up her nest. Because if she doesn't stir up her nest, even though her chicks have the ability to fly and soar to the highest of heights, they will never leave that nest because it's comfortable. They have everything they need to fly. They have everything they need to soar. But they ain't going to do it. You know why? Because they like the comfort. They like mama bringing them food. They like daddy bringing them food. They do all that thing. And she stirs that nest up so it's so uncomfortable that they have to sit on the edge of the nest anymore and and they have to look down at the height and they begin to spread their wings into the wind and they feel the wind lifting them but they still scared they won't do it they won't leap off you know and and mom comes along you know what she does she pushes them off (laughs) she dives down after them Like an F-15 with its wings tucked back. And if they don't open their wings and fly, she catches them. Takes them right back up and pushes them back off again. You ever seen an eagle nest? Three of us could sleep in that thing. That's big as a Volkswagen in the top of a tree. That's bigger than my tent. You ever seen an eagle's nest? I kid you not. It is so big in the top of that tree. Like, why would you ever leave that thing? But mom has to do that. She has to stir that thing of comfort. She spends so much time building it and making it comfortable to support the little chicks. And then as they grow, she starts to stir that thing up, right? She starts to make it uncomfortable so that they have to break out and break out. See, there's so much. You've spent so much time in your life building your comforts. You've spent so much energy. You've spent so much finances. You've spent so much time and effort building your comfort. Only have God come along and say, let me stick a stick in this thing and start to wreck it a little bit. And then you get all mad at God because he wants to take you to a better place. That's not a sadist. He's not trying to just stir you up for the fun of it. No, God is always trying to take us to a better place. He's always doing it, but we get all mad at God because God's in this thing that you find comfort's holding you back. This thing is restricting you. I got to do something about it because I got better things for you. Let me prove it to you. Go to Genesis chapter 13. I'm a wa- you're going to watch what happens here. Like, I'm a little intimidated because I got quite a few theologians in the house today. All these people went to Bible college, spent all this time with these great Bible teachers. And I'm the one up here preaching, and I'm just thinking... What's my grade going to be at the end of the day? (laughs) Genesis 13. Y'all not ready for this. Verse 14. 
Now remember, in, in chapter 12, God spoke to Abram. I need you to move. Someone say move. move. I, and that's the last time God spoke to Abram. He didn't speak to him again until Genesis chapter 13, verse 14. Watch this. And the Lord said to Abram, after. Everybody say after. After, after Lot had separated from him. Lift up your eyes. Look from the place where you are, northward, southward, eastward, and westward. For all the land that you see, I will give to you and your offspring. I need to talk to you about your seed. I'll make you a great offspring as the dust of the earth. So that if one can count the dust of the earth, your offspring also can be counted. Arise, everybody say arise. Arise, walk through the length and the breadth of the land, for I will give it to you. Chapter 12, Abram, I need you to move. I need you to get away from dad. I need you to get away from comfort. I need you to leave your family. I need you to leave all that dysfunction. I need you to leave those moon worshipers. I need you to leave those idol worshipers. I need you to leave, all right? Because I got a plan not only for you, but all of your offspring. I'm going to make the world. I'm going to bless the world through you. You are going to be the father of faith. I, I I need you to move. I need you to move. I need you to leave all those people behind. And so Abraham obeys. But what does he do? Takes Lot with him. Why? Lot's familiar. Even though he knows Lot's dysfunction, he's an idol worshiper. He's a moon worshiper. He takes Lot with him. God said, leave that mess, but it's comfortable. It's familiar. I don't want to lose everything. I've been here so long, and this has been a part of my life so long. I want to be obedient to God, so I'll move. I'm going to take a little bit of the familiar with me. I mean, it might be dysfunctional, but... God didn't speak. Until after Lot was gone. And then when he speaks after Lot's gone, he said, Abraham, arise and walk. Y'all not helping me this morning. It's my will to give you everything. But you've got to get out of this tent, Abraham. You've been sitting in this tent too long, Abraham. You've been, you've been sitting in the shade too long, Abraham. You've been resting on your laurels too long, Abraham. You've been comfortable too long. I spoke to you and told you to leave. I told you to move. And I'm taking you to a place, right? Abraham, you might be satisfied with the tent. But I'm not satisfied with you staying in the tent. I got the north. I got the south. I got the east. And I got the west for you, Abraham. And you can't receive it since in this tent what has God willed for your life that you have not received because you are satisfied to stay in your nice neat comfortable little and verse 18 or so good so Abram moved his tent and came and settled by the oaks of Mamre. Oh my gosh. Mamre's that 
Hebron. It's a valley of oaks. It's, it, it, it's a valley of, of incredible place. It's, a, it's, it's an incredible historic place. The oaks there are like no other place in the world. And, and, and in the middle of those oaks, it's refreshing and it's cool in the heat of the day and all those things. And, and God says, I need you to move to a better place. See, you've just been resting in the shade of something you can't grow out of. But I, I, I got... Abraham moved. Before you leave here today, some of y'all going to remove your tent. <laughs> Come on. I'm ready to preach. I love this because God's leaving nothing out. He says north, south, east, and west. God's leaving nothing out, full circle. We see where Abraham was. We see where Abraham is. And we see where Abraham will be. When you sit down in that seat that you're sitting in this morning, y'all better hold yourself, hold your neighbor. When you sit down in that seat this morning, those were the things that sat down with you. Where you were, where you are, and where you will be. They sat down with you. No one will ever understand you until they understand and know where you were. Oh, come on, say amen. We're all a product of our environment. And the reason some people don't get us is because they don't get where we came from. They don't get what we've been through. They can't comprehend it because they don't know. You're all mad at them because they don't know. But I want to tell you this morning, you personally cannot, you personally cannot deal with God unless you know where you are. You're so busy blaming everybody else because they don't understand you because they don't understand where you were. But you can't deal with God yourself because you're not dealing with where you are. Your comfort is where you are. And you love that comfort, even if it's dysfunctional, because it's familiar, even if it restricts you. You can't progress if you don't have a vision of where you will be. Let me tell you something right now. I want you to write this down. If you want the promise of God, you're going to have to let go of that, where you were and where you are, because this, this north, south, east, and west, it ain't that. We're trying to move forward by just redecorating the walls of the old tent. Let me paint the... It looks different now. Let me just turn it around the other way. Now we changed. Yep, now we changed. No, it's still in the same place. It's, it's still in the same place. You're just redecorating the walls of the same old mess. You're just hanging new pictures on the same old mess. You're just changing the color of the same old mess. It's still a mess. We're trying to move forward by just redecorating. Regardless of how you repaint the walls of the old tent, it's still the old tent. And you're left wondering, why are you still stuck in the same place? Why are you still where you are now where you were then, it's the same place. What God wants to do for you is not that. He wants us to move. Everybody say move. move. He wants us to move. 
Some of y'all is physical. Some of y'all is spiritual. It's no accident that the Bible says after. Everybody say after. After the lot was removed, the Lord spoke. There's some things God cannot show you in the presence of lot. It's only when you mature to the degree that you've prepared to remove Lot that you can listen to what God is saying. Because see, Lot is a symbol of your attachment of where you were and where you are. The Pastor Don's preaching a good sermon this morning. Lot may not at all be a person. It could be an attitude. It could be unforgiveness. It could be a habit, an addiction. And it don't necessarily have to be bad. It could be something that God has spoken to your heart that says, I need you to move from this. And you might be saying, well, everybody else get... I'm not talking to everybody else. He's talking to you. God wasn't talking to everybody else. He's talking to Abram. God didn't make everybody else the promise he made Abram. See, God didn't make everybody else the promise he made you. God didn't speak to everyone about what he's spoken to you about. God didn't promise you what he promised, well, everybody else what he's promised you. That's why God is a personal God. That's why God gets intimate with us. Because he's got not only something for us together, but he's got something for us individually, right? Lots like Linus's blanket. Drag that thing around for security. Drag that thing around for security. And can you imagine how dirty and filthy it gets dragging it around everywhere? Can you imagine what it smells like? Because you can't let go of it even to put it in the washing machine. Everywhere you go, you got to have that thing, right? you got to have that thing with you. And you're dragging it everywhere it goes. And, and everyone recognizes you not as Linus, but as the guy who carries around a security blanket. Oh, see, they're not listening to me over here. What are you dragging into your destiny? That's a symbol of your history. I came to preach. I don't know, right? Like, I, What is it that God cannot say to you in the presence of Lot? There are people and things God puts in our life. Come on. There are people and things that God wants to put in our life that he cannot because you won't let go a lot. At some point, maybe today, you're going to have to decide, do you love what's next more than you love Lot? Because if you don't, you're just staying in the tent. I learned to drive a car in, 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 in the backwoods, dirt roads of Malone, Florida. 
I could go anywhere I wanted to on the back roads, never touch the pavement. And on the back roads, there, were, there, was, there was no traffic. There was, no, there was nobody. I bought, I bought my first car when I was 13, cutting grass. Had to move this car to cut grass. And that guy talked about, man, I'm sick of this thing. And just when I, so I was like, how, how, how much you want for the car? And, and he was like, I'm just tired of it. Get it out of here. I want like, it's a Datsun B210 hatchback. The hood was a different color than the rest of the car. I was 13 years old, cutting grass. And I had my bicycle, and I pulled my push mower behind the bicycle as I read it down. Come on. And he said, I'm sick of this thing. I just want it out of the yard. It, it, it burns oil and all those type of things. I, I just get it. I don't care. Give me 125 bucks for it. I had made 125 bucks that day cutting grass. Well, I gave him my money. It had enough gas in it to get it back to the house. I threw my bicycle in the back seat, lifted up the hatch and put the mower in there. And I come driving up in the yard. My dad's like, where'd you get that? 13 years old. I bought it. My brother, who's a mechanic, he said, I can rebuild that thing for about 100 bucks. So we rebuilt it right there under that big old water oak. Tim's seen it. 13 years, I drove that thing all over the country. I learned how to drive. Uh, and, and, and when I wouldn't get it right, my brother would take me to a parking lot. And, and we could drive around in the parking lot, an empty parking lot, right? Because there was nothing there. And I could feel comfortable, right? Driving that thing, right? I could feel comfortable driving around in the circle. I could feel comfortable in the lot. I could feel comfortable in the lot. I could feel comfortable in the lot. When, uh, when, see, does it feel like you've been driving around in circles in the lot? Come on, church. Does it feel like when, when lot disappears, God reappears? How hard was it for Abram to give up Lot, even though he knew he had issues? What is it difficult for you to give up in order to hear God speak again? I'm, I'm not talking about some little bitty gooseys. Come on, I'm not. Come on. I start saying words and y'all freak out, but I'm not, right? I just call them gooseys, not Pentecostal goofies, because y'all get all... I'm talking about a life-altering word that causes you to move. Is there anybody here today that wants to hear God speak a fresh word? If so, you're going to have to get out of the parking lot and get on the highway. You're going to have to get into traffic. Come on, driving into traffic is a whole lot different than go around circles in the lot. You, you won't ever leave the lot if you're afraid of the traffic. You're going to have to move out of the comfort and the familiar. You wouldn't be here this morning if God didn't have more for you than what you have had on your parking lot. Tell somebody, move. Tell somebody, move. Lot was removed, and God spoke. When all that makes you comfortable is removed, God will speak. You better hear Pastor Don this morning. All that noise that you've been putting up with in order to keep lots, keeping you from hearing God, touch your neighbor and say, when Lot leaves, God speaks. Okay, okay, it's COVID. Don't touch your neighbor. Sorry. Sanitizer.
Get rid of Lot. Lot's hindering you from moving and hearing God speak. I'm telling you, when Lot leaves, God will speak. Abram hadn't heard from God in years. 12 to 13. He's wondering if God's ever going to speak again. What's up with this? Let me tell you something, church, this morning. The problem wasn't with God. The problem was with Lot. Why ain't God speaking? Why ain't God speaking? Why isn't God leading me? Why, why isn't God doing this? Listen, the problem's not with God. The problem's with Lot. I said the problem's not God. Stephanie Johnson came up and gave us a word during worship. She didn't know that I'd written that in my notes. And she said, I just saw a picture of a rope with a big old knot inside of it. And, 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 and people were thinking, oh, the, no, the rope's no good. It's got a knot in it. The, the rope's no good. It's got a knot in it. Listen, and, and she saw a picture of, of, of the knot coming apart and light shining on the rope. Listen, the problem's not with the rope. The problem's with the knot. If you don't believe what I'm telling you this morning, you just ask, when you see Joshua in heaven, you just ask him about Achan. Not everybody in your life is supposed to go to the next part of where God's taking you. Not everything in your life is supposed to go to the next part of where God's taking you. What you won't kill will kill you. When God finally speaks, look what he said. Oh man, so good. Look. Abram, look. Vision out. See what I have for you. Look beyond where you are, Abram. Look. Look out, Abram. I've got the north, the south, the east, and the west. I need you to look out, Abram. You've been too busy paying attention to Lot. You've been too busy paying attention to what's familiar. You've been too busy focused on the wrong things. Abram, I need you to look out. Hey, Lot, you can't look at Lot no more. He's gone. I removed him. He's gone. Be honest, how much of your struggle has been on looking in and not out? Well, Pastor Don, you just don't understand where I'm at. You just don't understand what I've been through. You just don't understand what I'm going through. You don't understand where I'm at right now. You know, woe is me, poor me, right? Pastor Don, you just don't get it. That's a good word, but I don't know if I can receive it. Because you, you, if you really know what I've been through, you know what God says? I need you to move. Billy could spend his life complaining about being in prison. You just don't understand. I was in prison. You don't understand. They took my freedom away from me. You don't understand. Society, you know what I'm saying? They were mean to me. You don't understand, right? It wasn't my fault. You don't understand. Or he could get up in front of the world and say, you know what? The best thing that ever happened to me was the day I got arrested and sent to prison because I met Jesus and Jesus taught me how to move. He said, he said, Billy, look out. 
beyond the prison walls. I got more for you, brother. You got to leave a lot behind, though. You got to leave that security behind. You got to leave all that mess behind. All that stuff that got you here, you got to leave that behind. You can look at it if you want to, but I want you to look at something different. I want you to look at the north. I want you to look at the south. I want you to look at the east. I want you to look at the west and everything that you see. Matter of fact, why don't you just get up and walk around in it a little bit? Maybe your glasses don't work far off. Hey, walk around a little bit. See a little bit more. There's a reason that Moses, as he got older, climbed up higher. He had to get above all that nonsense. He couldn't see what God was wanting to do in the midst of all that nonsense. In the midst of all that murmuring and complaining, in the midst of all that whining and dysfunction, in the midst of all that stuff, even though God fed them, even though God gave them water, even though God never let their clothes wear out, even though God blessed them on that journey over and over and over again, all those years of wondering, God never, ever, ever failed them. Amen. But Moses had to get up higher. He had to climb out of that mess in order to see what God see. You ever notice how Moses climbed higher as he got older? You ever notice how you and I seem to climb under the chair as we get older? No, it's like, it's like Johnny Blake said. Sometimes you got to close the door, climb the mountain, and pray. i never forget that sermon as long as I live. Come on, guys. Some of y'all were there. Nothing like hearing an English man telling you to climb a mountain. It gets down in my soul, right? Because I'm an adventurous kind of guy. Like, it's almost killed me a couple times recently. Josh and Bo had to save my life. Man, I can't, I can't. I ache for it. Right? And to listen to a, uh, you know, a wrinkled shirt, skinny jean preacher tell me I need to climb a mountain. And I'm like, he can't climb a flight of stairs. Get out of my way. I don't. I said that to Johnny, so it's okay, right? Like, dude, you're going to climb a mountain with me. You're going to need something more than them skinny jeans. I'm just going to tell you. <laughs> hey, Jeff, we all right? <laughs> See what God is doing. See what God wants. God's not done with you. But if you refuse to leave where you've been because of where you are, you can't look out and see what God wants to do. I'm going to preach to this church for a minute. I'm going to preach to this ministry for a minute. All of us. Centerville. Kalamazoo. Whatever town's next. God told one prophet who's praying for rain, and God says, Sure, I'm going to send rain, but you're going to need to dig some ditches because you're thinking too small. When I send rain, everyone's going to know that it was me who sent the rain. You better dig some ditches. And I need to tell this ministry, you need to hear me and hear me clear, right? We've been praying for revival rain, and God says, I want to send rain, but you people need to dig some ditches because what I'm about to pour out on you, you ain't ready to hold right now. You have let your vision of what God can and will do be limited by the lot of where you are and where you were. 
It's time to look out. Your tent will not hold what God wants to give you because there's not enough room. Let me prove it to you that we're going to have to leave the tent because it's not big enough. Everything you're praying about is about where you are right now. That's oh me or amen. I didn't hear either one of them. Everything you worried about is about where you are right now. What if God's more concerned about where he wants you to go than where you are right now? God didn't come in your life to sit in a parked car. I said God didn't come in your life to drive around an empty parking lot. (laughs) The reason God isn't answering you is because where you are, it's because God's trying to point you to where you're going. Man, we're so busy worrying about which direction we're supposed to go when God's trying to give it us all of it. The north, south, east, and west. The north, south, the east, and the west. Uh, the north, the, se- the east, and the west. Somebody's with me. The north, the south. The east and the west. The north, the south, the east and west. The north, the south. I'll preach myself happy. And it's the north, the south, the east and the west. The north, the south, the east and the west. God wants to give it all to you. He wants to give it all to you. Every bit of it. God wants to give it all to you. I cannot. You better behave on the sermon jam. It's going to be a song. You see, Lot's been, he's been the one trying to lock you down in one direction. Lot's been the one trying to lock you down in one direction. It's called Sodom. Sodom is a representation of pride. Lot's been pulling you towards destruction. And you've been living with it because it's familiar. But as soon as Lot was gone, God removed the limits. It's time to look out from where you are and look beyond the lot that's limited you to embrace all that God has for you. It's time for this ministry to do the same thing. I cannot keep preaching on revival enough to convince you that God wants to give it. You have to embrace it. Get out of that tent. Move, arise, walk around in it. Once you see it, go for it. Start walking in it. Take a walk in your destiny. Take a walk in your future. Where is it that God wants to take you into the impossible, into the supernatural? Listen, look at your neighbor and say, take a walk in it. You can't take a walk in that tent. You can't take a walk in this tent. 
Man, I, I don't have time. I don't, I don't have time. So Abram moved. 2020 has tried to lock us down in a tent. But God says, arise and walk. Your lot has tried to lock you down in a tent. Come on, when lots removed, God said north, the south, the east, and the west. I better hear a rap song. I want some good bass. I gotta feel it. I'm gonna go down a road with my truck thumping. I want everybody to look at the preacher playing rap. Because my boy Breno done wrote a song. It's time for you and I to go beyond our tent. It's time for Firm Foundation Ministries to stop being limited by this tent. We are on this journey together. And God has called us as a ministry together. It's not Pastor Don's vision. It's our vision. It's our vision. And every person in this room, every person watching who, who calls themselves a fan, you got to own that spiritually, physically, and financially. You can guarantee I'm going to preach myself happy every week because there's enough people trying to make me unhappy during the week. Some of y'all have been hanging on the lot. It could be a place. God might be saying, ooh, but I'm familiar with it. I like it. Move. It might be a thing. Move. It might be an attitude. Move. It might be something that, come on, you got to move. you got to move. Amen. You can never experience freedom while you're living in a prison. you got to move. It's time for you and I to get beyond our tent. Realize this. I'm closing. All the while Abram was in the tent dealing with Lot, the land was waiting on him. Mamre was already there. The valley of oaks was already there. The valley of strength was already there. The valley of rest was already there. The valley of promise was already there. And while, all the while Abraham is dealing with Lot, amen, the land was waiting on him. Those oaks had already grown. They were mature and they were strong and they were waiting for a strong man of God to show up. You see, God had to move Abram in order to move his seed God had to move Abram in order to move what was coming behind Abram. God's got to move from Foundation Ministries in order to move what's coming behind. You don't think that this eldership team don't sit around and talk and look at ourselves as John the Baptist sometimes and say, you know what, we must increase so they can, or we must decrease so they can. There's a reason 
for discipleship and intern. There's a reason. I don't know about you, but I hope what comes behind me is greater than I could ever imagine. God's got to move me in order to move my seed. When I first moved to Michigan, I need the worship team to come up here. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to tell on you, Larry Rudder. You okay? Wave your hand. There he is, right back there. One of the first persons I met when I moved to Michigan was Larry Rudder. This big old thermos. It's like a 20-gallon thermos of coffee. Carried it with him. Every it was, a, it was like Linus's blanket. <laughs> Sorry, Larry. But one day after church, I was standing talking to a leader. And Larry, I've never forgot this word. And Larry came up to me. I, I had preached a sermon in a church. And after the sermon, I was standing next to a leader. And, and Larry came up to me and said, while you were preaching, God gave me a prophetic word for you and showed me something. He said, you're like Aaron. You're going to have many sons. Spiritual sons. And boy, it blessed me. Because see, God had already put that in my heart. To raise up some spiritual sons. God had already put it in my heart that they would be greater than anything I could ever do or accomplish. That God had already put it in my heart that I was going to be a little man compared to them. God had already given me that idea that I should father and that I should make that. And no sooner than Larry said that, that leader laughed out loud and said, better hope not because Aaron was an idol worshiper. And in that moment, my heart was crushed. Larry, I've never forgotten that word. And I have refused, refused to receive what Lot could not see. People give you words all the time. You just go all willy-nilly. You walk out of here and forget about it. I don't forget them. You see, God had to move Abram to move his seed. God's willing to move us. Amen. God is willing. He is willing to call us to move and leave Lot. Not just for our own sake, but for the sake of those who come behind us. And there are people who are waiting for you outside your tent. There are people who are waiting for you in the valley of Mamre. There are, we, there are people there who are waiting. The world is waiting for you to get rid of your lot and remove your tent. When Abram finally moved, God moved him into Mamre, into the oaks, into the strength, into the valley. Amen. Into what everyone saw as a place of God. God moved him into that shady, high, resty place that lifted up. God had a place prepared for him. Moms, if you need to be dismissed to go get your kids, you can do that. God has a place prepared for Abram and his children and his children's children. I said, God had a place prepared for Abram and his children and his children's children, right? God deals with generations. Come on, church. God deals with generational curses by generational blessings. Stop whining about your parents being an alcoholic. 
Stop whining about you struggling with alcoholism because where you were in the, in the past. Stop whining about where you are today because of what you experienced in the past. You better pack up and move that tent out of that place because God's got something different for you. He's got something different for your children. He's got something different. God deals with generational curses by extending generational blessings. I'm going to call the whole world blessed by you, Abraham. You got to get out of that tent. You got to get rid of that thing, man. You got to get rid of Lot. You got to do it. I done preached myself happy today. I'll tell you something. And you should be too. The joy of the Lord, the pleasure of the Lord is on this place. Well, Pastor Don, you're just partial. You better believe I'm partial. I got blood, sweat, and tears in this place. I got hours of prayer over this place. God is, he said, I want to bless you. You better bet. I'm preaching down to the church down the road today. I'm preaching to you. Stand with me in this place. Come on. Come on, look at your neighbor and say, Move. Oh, man, in the midst of all this world of chaos, they just, they just going after one piece of drama after another. They just soar. Amen. They, they can't even get their mind wrapped around the solution for one problem before they get involved and create. They can't do it. They can't do it. They, can, they ain't got no answers. Amen. You know why? They're too busy living with Lot. God will deal with Lot. He ain't my business. God said, Abram, move from your father and your father's family. They're not your business no more. Stop putting your nose in places that don't belong. It's not your business. They tried to corner Jesus with all that mess. They did. You know what Jesus said? Nah, you should have known. I'm about my father's business. I, I got stuff to do for daddy. Lord Jesus, thank you for the joy of the Lord. <laughs> thank you, Lord, for the north, the south. East and the West. Thank you, Lord, that you want to give it all to us. Forgive us, Lord, this morning, right now in this place, for holding on the lot because he's familiar. And this morning, right now, raise your hands in this place. Right now, I'm going to pray for all of you. I ain't got time to pray for each and every one. I'm going to pray for you all right now. If you're watching online, don't you raise your hand right where you're at? I'm praying for you. Deliver us, God, from living with dysfunction because it's familiar. God, help us hate it. Help us hate dysfunction so much, God, that we, we're willing to move. 
And God, I just pray for each and every one this morning who's heard this word because I know you've spoken specifically to their heart about it. Maybe someone in here, God has spoken and said, hey, it's a physical move. You got to do it. Maybe God has, has spoken to you, it's a financial move, you got to do it. Maybe God has spoken to you, amen, about an attitude, you got to do it. Maybe God has spoken to you, amen, about living in doubt and fear and unbelief. You got to move, you got to move, you got to move right now, you got to move. In Jesus' name, you got to move. Don't be afraid to move. God, give us courage. Give us courage to face those things, God. God, uh, release us from the idea that we'll disappoint someone we have to move on from. Oh, boy. Give us, give us courage, God, to face the fact, God, uh, of what people might think about us because we lay something down that they don't really understand why we have to do that, God. Uh, give us courage, God, uh, amen, to hear your voice again because once Lot's removed, God, you're going to speak. I pray that right now for each and every individual who is brave enough to let Lot go. God, speak to them right now in Jesus' name. Fresh and new. Give them a vision of Mamre. Give them a vision of the oaks. God, I pray for us as a ministry right now in the name of Jesus. I pray for us right now in the name of Jesus. As a ministry. The oak. You're calling us to move. You're calling us to move. You're calling us to move. Give us courage, God, physically, spiritually, and financially to move. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Come on, let's, together in this moment of faith, we, we, maybe we can't hold hands right now. I mean, if you got your family member and you want to, you can do that. Amen. But together in faith in this moment right now, physically, spiritually, financially, emotionally, come on, let's worship God for a minute, just for a minute, just for a minute, just for a minute. Come on, let's worship God. Hello, Jesus. Of the living. My enemy. Yeah. Come on. Till all my fears are hey, that's Lot. Hey, there's Lot. He's moving. I'm no longer Come on, let heaven hear you this morning. I am a child of God. Woo. I'm, I'm no Church, he chose you. You have chosen me. Love has called my name. I've been born again into your family. Your blood flows through my veins. Come on, let's give it 
bless you with a thought just in case you misunderstand that God's not interested in where you are right now when God came in the garden and Adam was hiding what did God say Adam where are you God's interested but the one thing he's not interested in is leaving you there. You got to move. You got to move. Father, today in the name of Jesus, we receive this word. Thank you. For the north, the south, the east, and the west. We give you praise and glory and honor for it. In Jesus' name. And everyone said, come on, give the Lord a hand of praise. As you leave, I want you to remember the Brazil offering is for today. If you want to give to New Hope, you can do that. Also, there's the baskets and stuff in the back. You can do it online and those type of things. Come on, give New Hope music a round. Amen. Applause in the name of the Lord for being here today. Thank you so much for making our first Sunday back in one service such a success. God bless you. Hey, we'll see you next weekend.